Hi, everybody. This is Dave Hodges. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We are really glad to be with you. We've got a terrific guest for you in this segment. Sandra, excuse me, Sandra Allison is going to be joining us from Myrtle Ministries. And what a terrific website, too. Don't go there right now, but the website is MyrtleMinistries.com. And before we meet, Sandra, let me <laughs> I gotta tell you, folks, the bills have to get paid. And we try to bring things on that we think you guys are going to need. And one of them is storable food. I mean, the experts all say two years, minimum six months. We have the best in the business. Restaurant quality, 70% off sale right now. Go to preparewithdave.com. Also, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what the people are criticizing you for now where you go on the net and they're persecuting some people for it. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, if the Democrats ever fully get in charge, it's my belief they won't be persecuting, they'll be prosecuting you. This is why we offer Virtual Shield. It can erase what you do. It can keep the bad guys out of your computer. And these guys are so stealth and so covert, they won't even come on my show to talk about this because they want to stay one step ahead. It's terrific. Go to hidewithdave.com. Those are the two sponsors that are bringing you this first half hour. Sonda Allison is a first-time guest here on The Common Sense Show. We are really, really glad to have her. And we're taking a little different approach today. We talk about problems on the physical plane a lot. Corruption, persecution of Christians, World War III, all the civil unrest, the political polarization that's taking place. And Steve Quayle and I both have said this, and I've decided we need to spend more time on this. We are actually in a spiritual war. Now, a spiritual war can give you the opportunity to defend, but it can also give you the opportunity to grow. And we're going to talk about this and other related things with Sonda. Sonda, thanks for joining us. We're really glad to have you on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Dave. I love your show. Thank you. Well, Bob Griswold recommended, he said, you got to have this lady on. She is terrific. And everyone knows Bob Griswold. He's a frequent guest on my show. Uh, Ready-made yeah, resources. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he is a great guy. And uh, I've had a business relationship with Bob for about four years. and But we've grown to be friends, too. And I so respect his knowledge. And I looked over your website, and I was like, okay, I'll spend 10 minutes up there. An hour later, I was still reading um, oh, well, praise there, God, good. <laughs> there was some good stuff. And your footnoting of your belief system with biblical uh, references, the scriptures, fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you so much. But we're seeing here today such an attack upon our faith. And we're seeing today people, let me give you the liberal left, I never hear them invoke the name of Jesus. I never hear them talk about the spiritual plane. It's always uh, overpowering people, bullying people, um, intimidation, threats of intimidation, physical assaults. And Steve Quayle and I have talked about this. The war is a spiritual war. And yes. I think this kind of highlights it. But let me just kind of turn it over to you. And how would you respond to what I just said? Well, I, you know, God bless Steve. Um, I've been listening to him for years, um, and he's been a real groundbreaker. You know, like kind of like those ice-breaking ships that go before <laughs> the other ships. He's taken a lot of heat 
for some of the things he's yes. brought up for conversation. But he's been ahead of his time. God has spoken through him. God has encouraged people because the world is hungry for this information, and it's sanitized out of the church. So you're absolutely right, and that's why the Lord led me to develop my ministry the way that it is, is um, because as the time in, as we progress through the biblical timeline, I think most of us who are aware of these issues, we usually tend to say that we're in the end of the end days. Um, it seems like the coming of the Lord could be relatively quickly, but as, as we, if we have that understanding then we should also know that the Bible tells us that the spiritual war is going to increase, not decrease, when it gets closer to his coming. And it's very interesting that what we've noticed over the last several decades is a complete sanitizing of anything about spiritual warfare taught from the pulpit. And that's what I deal with all the time. The clients that come to me, they've tried everything else. They've been everywhere else. They've been struggling with things for decades. I've only deal with mature believers and people who are in ministry and they end up finding me, and then they'll say, yeah, well, I, I'm here because I don't know what's going on. I've never been able to break this, and and um, I was taught that this can't happen to believers. And, um, you know, I was raised that way myself. So there is this big void right now, and it's a trim, it, it's an incredibly important question, and I'm very very passionate about it. Because Steve is exactly right. It's all about the spiritual war. That's what's happening. And ignoring it is not going to make it go away. It's going to make us increasingly defenseless. Um, you know, we can't claim that we, that we can't be attacked when the Lord gave us the weapons we need to be using. And, it, and if it's been sanitized out of the church, that's one of the things that I find extraordinary because, you know, what is that saying from, what is it, Baudelaire, the 19th century French poet who said in a summary that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was getting people to believe that he didn't exist. But I think a close second to that is getting spiritual warfare removed from teachings in the pulpit because it's the spiritual warfare that empowers us to not let the devil take the territory. You know, as I... Is I have gone from church to church to church, I never hear them condemn abortion, mm -hmm. uh, the infanticide that's gone on in this country since Roe v. Wade. I right. don't hear them condemn this pseudoscience of 300 genders and all this nonsense, which is really blasphemy in the eyes of God. And, and it's disheartening. And now with the relaxation of the 501c3 restrictions by President Trump, I really thought the pulpits would come alive with messages of, hey, this is what's going on in our society and we need to stand against it together as Christians. And I'm not yeah. seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Yes, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? You know, I thought if ever there was going to be a time that the church would respond, it would be when those um, par uh, Planned Parenthood videos came out. You know, in think about the early 60s or in the 50s, if that kind of information had gotten out to the public, there would have been demonstrations in the streets from coast to coast. I know. It's almost it's like... it's not a, happening now. I, I almost get the feeling that the population as a whole is being anesthetized. I, I, and it's like there's a general anesthetic yes. out there. Do you feel that way too? I absolutely do. You know, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. I think that's happening all the time. And 
it brings up so many things. You know, we could go down so many different paths just from what you've already spoken uh, to me in just the first few moments of the broadcast. <laughs> you know, the way that the forces of darkness can use technology, the fact that, you know, God bless Chris Putnam, documented in his book, The Supernatural Worldview, 59% of Christians surveyed don't even believe that there is a devil. They don't believe that the devil is real. This is where we are today. So continuing on this idea of what you kind of laid the opening question to be, you know, it's all about the spiritual warfare. It's all about what Jesus said in Matthew 24, where he said the first thing out of his mouth when they said, what would be the sign of your coming? See to it that you aren't deceived. The deception is off the chart right now. In ev- on every level, political um, and philosophical, I mean, people are willingly dumbed down. They don't want to know the truth. They want to argue with you, you know, like it came out of uh, L. Ron Hubbard and um, the thing out of Hollywood talking about Scientology and saying, no, two, if I want two and two to equal six, then it's going to equal six. And you hear people from the Scientology Church say these things in interviews. And yet this is the definition of insanity. So there is, um, a, a, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't like to call everything a spirit, you know. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate, and I think it is um, problematic when people hear that kind of over-inflammatory language. But there does seem to be an increasingly strong spirit of deception um, that's just being perpetrated on the American public. And, and Steve would be one to say this as well. You know, you can't continue to kill the unborn. That is blood built on the ground that cries out to God. Well, you it, can't do that and, yeah. and not expect there to be problems in the spiritual realm, because that is, by definition, it is a spiritual sacrifice. Whether you mean it to be or not, in reality, that's, what's, that's what it is. I agree with you, and, and a lot of people believe that I talk to that this infanticide that's gone on with abortion has in part caused the Lord to turn his back on our nation. What's your view on that? Well, I think it's complex. And I was just speaking to someone uh, in an interview just a couple of days ago on something very close to this. You know, we have a lot of examples in Scripture um, where... Israel is turning their back on God. They begin doing child sacrifice. They begin bringing in um, the the gods of the other nations. You know, Solomon married women from other nations and let them build temples to their gods, and God was not happy with it. So when judgment comes on the people, it's not just a few. The judgment can fall on the whole nation because as a nation and from the leadership down, these things are taking place. So I don't. I think we have to be really careful about oversimplifying. Um, I, I just don't think it's necessarily reflective of what's actually happening. I think we can speak in terms of principles, but I think we need to remember that it's not always an easy answer. And God does discipline, and sometimes he does discipline on a national level. So I don't know what's on God's mind right now about the United States. We seem to be in a, in a time of... of um, Catch your breath. God's giving us a window of time. That's what it feels like to me. With all of the problems with our our president, you know, we we could discuss certain issues that some people may have. Clearly, he does seem to be a Cyrus type of a figure in our political landscape. 
and it does seem like we're getting a little bit of a respite, but it feels to me like like we're on the edge of a cliff. And it's not like we're for five or six feet back from the cliff. It feels like our toes are on the edge of the cliff. And if a wind blows too strongly, we're going over. Nearly everyone I've interviewed in the last 10 days has said the same thing. They mm. feel something ominous is right on the yeah. edge. And I feel it too. Yeah. I feel it too, and I don't chase boogeymen, but I do feel it. Uh, interesting, this, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, and President Trump has a spiritual team. I know someone who's on it, and I've spoken mm. to him a few times. The president is, <clears throat> by all accounts, excuse me, is a baby Christian, and he's trying. So that's uh, that's something that I thought might catch your attention because I think he is honestly making a concerted effort. But I think at the end of the day, <laughs> I don't know if he has the spiritual armor necessary to fight off everything that's coming against him. And you know what? That that it shouldn't be that way. I I don't think he shouldn't have to, as a baby Christian, have to def- fight all that off on himself. The church should be stepping up. And like we were saying just a few minutes ago, we're hearing nothing but crickets. When he rolled back the regulation about the 501c3, there should have been rejoicing from coast to coast from the church community. And yet we're seeing nothing but people still aligning themselves with um, secularism and humanism. The church has been completely infiltrated. Um, we have, thank God, for um, researchers and warriors like Russ Dizdar, who's been doing research on spiritual warfare and what's going on in the deep, dark occult movement for decades now. And he has consistently heard, and we've had many evidences present themselves of this, of infiltration in the churches. So it's not really a surprise if we're informed on all of these levels. It's like, yeah, boy, I was really hoping it was going to be different, but it's more proof that there's infiltration in the Christian church. And when you start, you know, God says, don't change a jot or a tittle of my word. And when you start removing things from his word, there, there are consequences for that. And, and sometimes we don't, when I'm talking to my clients, we have to talk about in perspective. So sometimes it's not necessarily God, um, giving you, uh, like we think of a smack on the behind or some sort of a, a physical movement because we tend to live we live in a linear physical universe in our in the human realm but in the spiritual sense it's not really like that um he can say it's like he's saying to his people here's how this universe is functioning because sin entered the picture i was telling you that it's going to the um to the third and fourth generation and even beyond not because I'm delighting in sending it to you. It's not because I said, oh, you're the fourth. I'm sending it to you. That's not, that, that, that's not how God speaks to us. That's not his voice. That's not his nature. He's telling us there are consequences for our choices. And we put things in motion. And we have to deal with those consequences when we put those things in motion sometimes without divine intervention and extra mercy removing the strength that's been given to someone else. So when we're doing occult sacrifice, which is what abortion is, and we know that the abortion mills 
are part of and part and parcel. There's a very wicked, iniquitous relationship with child sacrifice and human sex trafficking and child sex trafficking. So there's this really, really dark web that's going on. And we as believers have to say, no, we will not be a part of that. And I think that's just one of the examples of when, when Yeshua was saying, my people perish for lack of knowledge. There's so much going on that we don't understand. There's so much going on that I'm sure, even though President Trump is a very intelligent man, I think he thought he knew some things when he ran for office, but I think after he won, he got gobsmacked, so to speak. So to speak. I think the swamp was so much deeper, broader, and darker than he ever even thought that it was, even with an educated view. I've been covering the swamp for 12 years, and I have to tell you, I am shocked. Trump has really exposed, just through his experience, just how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty astonishing that one of the first things he did when he got in office was he started coming against the pedophile rings. That does not get enough attention, and there's a reason that it's kept out of mainstream media. This goes to the spiritual temperature, to put it in some sort of a metaphor we can work with. That goes to the spiritual temperature of our country. I do agree. That's another thing that churches should be rejoicing about from coast to coast and saying, thank you, President Trump, for doing this. How can we support this? And yet we're hearing nothing. You see, this comes down to the border issue, too. This is something that we see... Mm -hmm. You've got the Pelosi's of the Democratic Party that want the evisceration of borders, and they're ignoring the trafficking, the raping of the immigrant women as they come into the country, or that's their price for getting here. I have to tell you that I just look at the Democratic Party. It's not the Democratic Party I grew up looking at. It's It's the party of Satan, and I hate to be that blunt, but that's how I have come to see them. It's getting increasingly difficult to even use, you know, at least from my view, it's getting increasingly difficult to even use the terms Republican or Democrat because there is, in my view, no real Republican or Democrat anymore. It's deep state or not deep state. It's new world order or not new world order. You can see that the dots on their plans and their agendas are all converging. And that's why we are increasingly being seen as the enemy if we're conservative and standing for liberty and standing for individual freedom. And that's because God gives us these things. God gave us free choice, and we have had the privilege of living in a country that no matter what the debate is about the degrees of Christian influence on the founding of the country and the actual Constitution, there are principles there that are very biblical and that has to be removed in order for the new world order to get its way. Well, David, so there is a spiritual there is a spiritual energy behind that, without a doubt. The head of the eco group for the United Nations, David Spangler, and I'll paraphrase this quote because I don't have it in front of me. But um, you won't enter the new world order without pledging an allegiance to Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And 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 I got to tell you, when I first read that. I hearken back to the second radio interview I ever did, which was with Jerome Corsi. And Mm. Jerome and I were talking about, okay, so what is so bad about globalism? And he said, they serve the most evil thing that you can serve. And I hearkened right back to that when I heard that. And I have to tell you, 
it really does come down to globalism, which is Satanism, versus, I, I don't know what you call it, nationalism, I suppose, would be a way to express it, which really is about freedom and independence, and all freedom comes from God, because he gives us free will. Mm-hmm. And it's a, this is how I be, have seen to categorize it. And you look at the globalists and what they're saying, like the leader of France, Macron, he was saying globalism is patriotism and nationalism is bad. And this man is just pure evil. And you just, they all line up on the same side. Yeah. And, you know, Scripture tells us by the fruit you will know him. We should be paying attention to these things, not ignoring them. Again, the church is silent. The church has been set free with this 501c3 thing that, that <laughs> President Trump changed. He said, start speaking about these things. There's no more leash on you. And yet we're not seeing this happen. And a lot of us were kind of waiting and saying, okay, well, what's going to happen if he really goes through with this? And it's nothing but crickets again. You know, and this is, again, to me, more of the fingerprints of spiritual warfare the, the, the warfare increases because the power increases. You know, the Lord says that in the end of days, we're going to see increasing signs and wonders and powers on both sides. The dark is going to get darker. It's going to get stronger. They're going to be performing on the dark side signs and wonders. And then God says in Revelation that he's going to be performing signs and wonders too. This war is getting more intense, not less. And that's why when we're talking about spiritual warfare— and God bless Steve Quayle again, (laughs) when we're talking about spiritual warfare. That's why I believe it's one of the most important things that we have to know in the season that we're entering. We have the answer. The, The world is starving for the answer, and the church is starving for the answer. That's why the people are leaving the Christian church in droves and signing up with the occult. It's unprecedented. We've never seen this. There was just another article. We've seen several articles like this come out over the last year or so, but just another article came out. I think it was in The Guardian. I just saw it this week on the astonishing rise of Satanism in America. And it was a long article with a lot of um, different examples and facts that they were talking about, pointing out, you know, that's what's going on here. We're seeing this rise in Satanism and the occult and Wicca and all of these other things, part of that is because the church is not demonstrating the power that we're supposed to be demonstrating. It should be the norm, and this is what I teach my clients. Supernatural, encountering the supernatural is the norm for the Christian. Salvation itself is a supernatural event and experience. You were created to have a supernatural relationship. But you were created to have that relationship with the Lord God Almighty, the King of kings and Lord of lords, not the Lord of darkness. So there's this big void because there's no teaching about uh, the Holy Spirit. There's no teaching about warfare. There's no teaching about what is the armor and what are we supposed to do with it? What does that mean? Most of the people that I end up meeting and working with were taught that, well, yeah, they've talked about it. They've read Galatians 6 or they read through 2 Corinthians, but it almost comes across in their church services as if it's something that was done for you. You just read it. It was something that happened a long time ago. They're not aware that it's something you're supposed to be engaging in every moment of every day. And once you have the city um, secure, once you have the watchmen on the walls and the watchmen are doing their job paying attention, the watchmen are going to notice if anyone even gets close to the walls of the city. The, The shofar blast goes out and 
the trumpets waking everybody up saying, oh, wait a minute, we've got something here. And everybody rushed and said, no, you cannot go here. But that's not what's happening in the church because they don't know how to battle. They don't know uh, what to look for. They don't even know what the enemy looks like because they've been so close to the enemy. And the enemy, uh, the humanism and the darkness and the secularism has been brought into the church. We see it on every Halloween. Videos of churches performing, um, you know, Michael Jackson's thriller on the platform celebrating Halloween. You know, um, I did a telephonic interview with uh, Pastor Walter Mansfield, and he was one of the first pastors recruited into the clergy response team. And his job, as he described it, was to get people to willingly go to a FEMA camp without resisting. But they were prohibited, expressly prohibited by DHS policy from invoking the word of God, as they said in their uh, orientation literature. It's been used to harm people through the ages. And they were talking about the word of yeah. God, the Bible. Uh, he quit. He said, I'm not going to be part of this. I want to help my country, but I'm not going to be part of this. But there are a lot of pastors that are. That kind of infiltration yeah. into our faith is scary. Does that infiltration exist in the pulpit? And is, could this be why we're not seeing the churches take on critical social issues? Well, according to other researchers that I greatly respect, and um, I mentioned him once already, and that is Russ Dizdar. His, his research is astounding, and he's been doing his work for decades, and um, his ministry is incredibly powerful. I've, I've gone through a lot of his stuff. I've met him. I've spoken with him at length on at least one occasion in person. So um, his work shows that that is absolutely the case. It's been taking place slowly for decades, and that it, that is absolutely the case. And the good news is that we are not left defenseless. The Lord does not leave us defenseless. The good news is that the Word of God tells us how to deal with these things. There is an answer. The answer is not going to the occult, which, by the way, is just something <laughs> you, you would think that the atheists would be upset about that. Why aren't they? It's really interesting because you can't, accommodate, you can't account for that drive to have a supernatural relationship in the worldview of the typical atheist. But we are driven to have that because we are created to have that supernatural relationship, so we're going to seek to fill it. We're going to be either fascinated with vampire movies or we're going to be drawn to ghost hunting shows um, or we're going to fall for the lie that, you know, my relative – died and appeared to me as bringing me messages and so i'm had I, last night i had a conversation with grandma so to speak no that's called necromancy you are not allowed to talk to the dead ever ever and the enemy in his cruelty knows how to appear to us to make it tempting so we just need to know what the tricks of the enemy are we've been given the intel we've been given the battle plan and I know you wanted to focus on some of what the good news is, and that is the good news. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of dark stuff going on right now, but we've been given the intel. So find some people who are teaching this. Get them in your church. Start doing some Bible studies focused on this. And get equipped, because you know what? That's why I love, love doing the ministry that Lord, the Lord has called me to do. And people say, why do you love teaching this? Why do you love doing this when I say that? And I say, because I've got, a, I've got a, a ticket to sit on the front row of watching God do the miraculous. I'm watching people get delivered of all kinds of stuff. 
I have, I have had people who are mature believers and are in ministry. Uh, that's all I deal with. I have had people come to me who have had full-blown poltergeist activity in their homes and could not get rid of it for decades. And I watch it get broken in less than a couple of months. Because would, God's word is true. <laughs> that would so frighten me. I, I, fortunately, knock on wood, mm-hmm. I've never had that experience. Um, I wanted to ask you about prayer. Uh, prayer is supernatural so you know people say you know you christians ignore the supernatural it's real no we don't this is it right here prayer can be miraculous but let's talk about the nature of prayer um there's a debate that i've read uh among some theologians and they say um open-ended prayer where we ask for god's best solution is the best way to pray and some people say but it's okay to pray for directed results what do you what do you say on that subject yeah, you know, there are some things there's room to have loving debate within the body. And um, and I'm sure that there are still varying views on this. I run into that all the time. My personal view is that we are to align ourselves with the biblical model to the best of our ability every moment of every day. And when we fall down, we as quickly as possible, we rectify that. And part of that model is our prayer. So prayer is supposed to be an important pillar in the life of a believer. The way that I like to approach it and the way that I teach my clients to approach it is stay in um, a place of repentance. But when you go through counseling with someone like me, um, you learn that it's not about legalism. It's at the, at the beginning, sometimes people are a little, well, is this kind of legalistic? No, it's not legalistic at all. And then afterwards, matter of fact, I was just talking to a client yesterday who's been in ministry for years. And he goes, yeah, you know what? That's absolutely right. It's, it's because you've got to unpack it. The freedom is in it's, our freedom is in Christ. That's right. But he also has ways that he wants us to live. Right? That's not a contradiction. They are both true. So my job as a believer, if I want to be a mature believer, and that's something we have to account for too in our discussion, is there's immature believers and there's a large scale of mature going into maturity that never that should that growth should never do, stop until we die. So it's not like, oh, I reached a certain age and I read my Bible once a day, so there's no more room for me to grow as a Christian. Well, no, that is not true. And there's always more for you to know about your creator. There's always more for you to know about the loving father who is the the lover of your soul. So the prayer, as we are aligning our, ourselves and our lives and walking out the scripture. So I'm walking in holiness. I'm walking in repentance. I'm walking in forgiveness. That repentance is a, a pillar um, a pillar that's very important because it's one of the things that I refer to um, in my book that will be out this, this spring. It's one of the things I refer to as kryptonite to the forces of darkness. They, can't, they have to have something to hold on to in your life to have oppression. So there's open doors there, and those open doors can come from something that was done to you before you had a chance to have an opinion for yourself if you're very young, or it can be an open door that you've opened at some point yourself. Um, So they either have an open door or there's something that has given them some sort of a legal authority in your life to be able to oppress you and cause spiritual um, um, mayhem in your life. So you think we invite it? Well, it's a combination of things that, like I was just mentioning, um, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, you just guide the conversation. Um, But there are some situations where things have been done to children before they even have their own say, like when they're just a few years old, 
And that gave an open door into their life because there was some sort of a dedication or cursing from a parent who wasn't a believer. Sometimes they're believers, but they still have their own open doors to the demonic in their own lives because of what was done to them. Sometimes the, the, the dark spiritual forces utilize any tiny little crack we give them. So that means that if I'm not walking in holiness and doing all the things I'm supposed to do, it leaves an open door not just for the enemy to mess up my life, but for the enemy to cause me to be frustrated and get some sort of, um, in psychology they call it a trigger moment, where I go off on you in a grocery store <laughs> because you said something that's still an open wound for me. And what actually just took place there is the enemy was able to use that to cause frustration and depression for this other person who just got yelled at for no reason. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. So the spiritual is always working in that way. So we need to understand that there's, there's subtleties here. So it doesn't have to be some big, huge, gaping hole like, well, I, I've never practiced witchcraft. Okay. Did you ever play with tarot cards? When you were 11 years old and you went to a sleepover at one of your cousin's house, did someone pull out a Ouija board? Because most of the people I talk to have had experiences like that. And those are open doors. And when you open them, they're open by choice. They cannot come in you without permission. And sometimes silence is compliance. It is a form of compliance. If you aren't, there is never a, I'm sorry, there's so much here, so you just guide me. But, you know, in the word of God, there is never a precedent for seeing evil approaching and doing nothing, ever. There's never precedent that that's okay. So when the enemy is approaching or we are put in these situations, if we don't say no in a biblical type of a way with conviction, then that silence is a form of compliance, which gives them permission. So there's lots of ways that we can open doors to them. And my job before the Lord is to prepare the remnant, help them find any of these open doors and get them shut so that the, the Holy Spirit can move through them completely without being encumbered or slowed down in any way. That way we can hear the Lord better. Our direction is better. We don't have the oppression in our lives that we've had in the past. We're able to be used better for vessels of kingdom work and ministering to one another when people are hurting or when they're struggling or when we need to be praying for someone. I can actually, now that my life is cleared out, and is an example, as Joe Blow Christian, uh, now that my life is more cleaned out, I can hear the Lord in a smaller, still voice uh, much better than I could before. So I heard when I was getting ready for bed that I should start praying for someone, and I don't know why. Only the next day I find out that they were in a car accident at that time. So the Lord can move through us and use us more mightily when we've got all of that stuff cleaned out of our lives. And our just to make sure I don't not answer your question, that's why the prayer is, you're right, it's a big part of that. So as we're walking in obedience, we, we utilize that prayer and we'll hear from the Lord more. And the power is flowing through us in a way that's demonstrable by the fruit you will know them. There should be fruit of the Holy Spirit functioning in our lives. And when that's happening, people are not drawn to the occult. They're like, wow, there's something really different going on with you, and I don't know what it is. Would you mind telling me? Yeah. You, you we know, should... Almost what you're describing is what people in my profession in the media call predictive programming. They can't do something mm -hmm. to you without telling you first. And so we see yep. it portrayed in the media. Are, are you familiar with that concept? Absolutely. And the demonic is that way. And that's what we see with, uh, you know, like the Saul Alinsky's of the world and all of these dark programs and all these books that they've written. They're, they've written out the, the, the goals and the agendas that they have. 
they tell us what they're going to do to us before they do it. It's part of the Luciferian agenda, and it goes back to what I was saying. Silence is a form of compliance. I would agree with that. Um, but mm-hmm. our, our TV shows are filled with it. I, I've kind of made it a secondary yes. art form to do analysis of some popular shows because invariably I do find the predictive programming. Mm-hmm. And, Especially uh, on the children's children's shows. They always want the children. Well, they want us too. I see lots, yeah. of, I see lots of evidence for it. You know, one of the things that's out there that's really scary right now, the, the, the talk about possible assassination of Donald Trump, a coup against Donald Trump, and I hearken back to the recent show that was just canceled on ABC called Designated Survivor. And uh, yeah. are you familiar with that? With both houses of Congress blown up, the cabinet, the president, the vice president, they're all gone. I heard about it. I didn't watch it, but I did hear the discussions about it. Oh, and the themes were incredible. And uh, someone sent me this clip, too. I, th- I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, there's a show called Blacklist are blacklisted excuse me i'm not that familiar with it but it's a real popular show on fox Mm -hmm. and in the opening um episode for this season and someone sent me this uh 30 second clip the director of this fbi task force is talking about catching an assassin and he says and he he is a nationalist and he goes against any globalist interest and we need to get him while we can before he kills I mean, there's a lot going on there. There's the propaganda that if you're a nationalist, you're you're a terrorist, and then right. and then. But the biggest thing is, is it's there you are with the satanic promotion of globalism. Yeah, and you know the first the first um, demonstration we have of the one world government is you know, Babel, and Nimrod, and God said no. No, we're not doing that. God caused the languages to be separated. He caused the countries to be separated and people to go into nations. He said, no, that is not what the Lord wants for us. And um, the battle is going to get hot because they're going to keep pushing for it. Because as you pointed out at the top of the program, and you were 100% correct, from the very top, it is a Luciferian agenda. And this Luciferian stuff, when you get to the top, it's really sick. I mean, there's some really sick stuff going on with these people. Uh, yeah, Comet Pizza comes to mind. Um, oh, I hear, I hear what you're saying. The, um, let's look at things like the tribulation. I mean, you know, the mm-hmm. question I have inside is how bad is it going to get? And I think we've already been told. But uh, can you kind of give us an overview of how you see something like the tribulation? and uh, the terrible times that we have to go through before the second coming? Well, you know, this is one of those, one of those subjects where there is room for loving debate within the church. Mm-hmm. What, I do, what I try to point out that I strongly disapprove of is anytime someone starts yelling and some people even go to curse words if you don't agree with their view, that is absolutely not biblical. This is not a salvation issue. We can lovingly debate this. And one of my teachers in school, I've quoted him many times over the years, he said, pray for pre, plan for post. And we need to 
keep our eyes open. We are to be the watchmen on the walls because the Lord says you're not going to know the day or the hour, but we are supposed to know the season. We're supposed to be aware, okay, wow, that season is approaching. We can feel the temperature change. We can see the leaves changing on the trees. We sh- we've been given really good metaphors in Scripture. We should be able to know that. And without having our armor on and understanding spiritual warfare, we're going to miss that. But to answer your question, my personal view, is that I do not, even though I was raised in a pre-trip view, the more I looked at it again and again, I don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen. One of the strongest metaphors and examples we have in Scripture of, um, of the Revelation idea is the Exodus. And the children of Israel, before Israel was even formed, of course, the Hebrews that were in slavery in Egypt, were there and had to go through the first few plagues. And it was after that that the Lord set a wall around them and nothing was touching them, and then they were taken out. So do we know for sure? No, but that's, my, that's what my gut instinct says at this point in my life, knowing what I know now. Um, so I think we should pray for pre, plan for post, and rejoice. And if we've done that, and if we're walking in power and love in a sound mind, which is what we're supposed to be doing, if we have... Um, our understanding and our armor, uh, our understanding of spiritual warfare, then you can truly walk in peace. What are our feet? What, what's the armor for our feet? Our armor for our feet is peace. So no matter where your feet take you, no matter how intense the battle becomes, no matter where we are on the battlefield, we should be standing on the peace of knowing I'm right where God wants me today. He's in control. There's not a single person on this planet that can take my life until God says it's my time and he's ready for me to come home. I can walk in that, in that assuredness, and therefore I can lift my head. And he says, when you see these things, don't be, don't be afraid. Lift your head up It's because it's telling you my redemption is drawing close. So if I'm doing those things, then I can truly do that. I can look up and say, wow, praise God, the Lord's coming soon. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But I don't want to be selfish And say, Lord, come today, even though part of me wants that. I want to say, Lord, I want want to live a life poured out, and I want you to use me fully. I I don't want there to be an ounce left in me when you take me home. I want whatever you've got for me to do for kingdom work, whoever needs to hear this message, whoever needs to understand that you don't need to be a victim of this, that you don't need to be afraid that there's an increase of Satanism in the United States, that you've been given tools to take back the territory not hunker down in a corner in a, you know, by yourself. We are to get together as believers and understand and say, no, we take back that territory. We are commanded to pull down those strongholds, but we can't do it on a, on a human level in and of ourselves. We can't even take a single breath without our Yeshua. So we have to have all of that in alignment with the word of God, and then we can walk boldly. We can walk with joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So I don't have to be afraid, even though I want to grocery stores I go to have several witches there that work there. I've had conversations with them, but I also know on a regular basis I have conversations with them. But I also know because of understanding spiritual warfare that every time I'm getting out of my car at that grocery store, I'm going, hallelujah, Lord, be working through me. In the name of Yeshua, I put on my, my armor, my helmet of salvation, my breastplate of righteousness, my belt of truth, my feet are covered with the gospel of peace. I have my shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. Lord, protect me. Send the angels to be with me. Place a wall of fire around me. And whatever you have for me to speak to any of these loving people here, that you can break the deception that's over them, Lord, speak. 
Sometimes it's just walking past them. You know, they can feel, you know, people who are in the occult, they feel supernatural power. Matter of fact, here's a super short story that illustrates this. I came out of a prayer seminar, and this was quite a few years ago, about 15, 20 years ago. And I was in Southern California. I came out of a two-day seminar over the power on, on prayer and spiritual warfare. And we stopped at this really huge Mexican restaurant that was on, the, on, a, on a, uh, like a wharf to get something to eat. And as we walked in, in Southern California, restaurants are really big, for those of you in other parts of the country. <laughs> They're really, this restaurant was really big. And as we, the, wait, um, the hostess took us around the corner, we started to walk down this big, long wall of windows. And there were like 10 or 15, maybe, booths. So there was a big distance uh, ahead of us. And just as we came around that corner, at the last booth on the right-hand corner, four guys in black robes stood up and started casting hexes at us. Oh, my. That had to be unnerving. Actually, it wasn't. We started laughing. All we did was walk in. We were just talking, going to go have some eat. These guys on the other end of the restaurant felt us walk in, stood up, and turned around and started casting hexes at us. And we just went, oh, I'm not even bothered by that. We rebuke that in the name of Yeshua. That is not allowed. We do not receive that. Lord, send that power back. Let, let it be a demonstration that your power is supreme, that they have nothing that can stand against the Lord and his anointed. And Lord, use it to bring them to salvation in you. I was uh, waiting to be seated in a restaurant with a friend of mine. And uh, I had asked this lady that was there, who was with a friend, I said, how long have you guys been waiting? And she looks at me and she says, I don't want to talk to you. You're one of those. And it's exactly what you were just describing. And I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. What, what do you mean by one of those? And I'm chuckling. And she said, you're a Christian. And I don't talk mm -hmm. to Christians. She could sense it. See how important that is? I want your listeners to hear that. Hear the smile and the joy in my voice. Hear that. This is the fruit of what we're talking about today. God does not leave us defenseless. Supernatural power is absolutely 100% real. And the people on the dark side can sense it. If you're a sincere Christian and you really have the Lord operating in your life, they can feel it. It's repulsive to them. They, can, they have a hard time being around it. Matter of fact, there are a number of high-level witches and people in the occult who've gotten saved and have come out with their testimonies, and they've talked about how they on a regular basis have teams of people who walk through neighborhoods and they target Christian homes and Christian neighborhoods and Christian businesses, yeah. casting hexes and stuff at them. So we have to recognize spiritual warfare is not something you do in an emergency, like pulling out a fire extinguisher. Spiritual warfare is something you walk in 24 Seven. It's part of me being a believer at all times. And because it got sanitized from the church, we're walking around defenseless. So I want to encourage those people listening. It doesn't have to be like that. If, if you're listening to this and you're going, you know, I'm one of those people. Yeah, I, I felt like some, there's something more and I don't know what it is. Then maybe that's what it is. Maybe you're in ministry and you're thinking, you know, gee, is that all there is that we go and we tick the box? We went to church and, and we have midweek Bible study that's really just people talking and eating fattening food and then we go home. Is there more? <laughs> yeah, there's more. The Lord wants to move through you in supernatural ways. The Lord wants you to be full of joy because you've seen him demonstrate his faithful power 
on a regular basis. And if you've never done that, then like you said a little while ago, well, you know what, that kind of stuff really does kind of scare me. And it does until you see God come through every single time. Then you're just like, woohoo, anybody need prayer? (laughs) It's not scary anymore. And that's why we can walk boldly with joy and in peace. Many people write to me, um, and people who follow my website, listen to my radio show, and they say, praying for you, Dave, because you're really in danger. And I always thank them for praying for me. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you, maybe I'm just naive, but I don't feel in danger. Mm. And I cover some pretty hot topics, and, uh, but I don't feel threatened. And, you know, the Lord has led me many times to talk about persecution to Christians, and I've called individual yeah. people out by name in this. Mm-hmm. And yet I've never really felt endangered. I mean, I've been shot at yeah. on my radio show. I was live oh on goodness. the air. Oh, yeah, I was interviewing the late Jim Mars and eight shots oh, wow. over my old house. Oh, yeah. And police and the neighbors and everything. It, it was a crazy scene. But you know what? I was pretty calm through it all. I just thought I knew it was a warning, and I knew it would bounce off of me. Well, you know what? What a great example you just gave, because there's a difference between knowing you're walking in your calling and God's got you, and whether or not they have you on a list of some type where you're on some sort of hit list. They may have you on a hit list, but God God can make that name invisible to whoever's looking at it. There's all kinds of things. This is one of the things we don't learn because it's not taught in our pulpits anymore. When you talk to people who are missionaries and throughout the third world, they talk about this stuff all the time. They yes. see miracles all the time. So we can have confidence in that. You know, do, dealing with spiritual warfare, I've, I've had a couple of uh, kind of targets put on my back a couple of times. And I had a, there's a bookstore in the city in which I live. There's a bookstore, and there's a, they actually receive some books where you can take books in to sell. And you have to go up to the counter, and you take a number, and then they go through your books, and they decide what their value would be to them. And then they come back to you. They call your number, and then they tell you how much they're willing to give you for the books. So I had a couple of books that I had um, actually gotten somehow or another. Someone gave me a gift, I guess, and I had, had duplicates. So they were brand new. And um, some of them were still shrink-wrapped, and so I wanted to see what they would give me for these books. And so I take my number and I go sit down and then they call my number and I, as I come up, there's these little stations where the people evaluate each book, um, uh, the stack of books from each person. And the person behind the station who was evaluating my stack of books and all of my books were Christian books, you know, studies and theology and stuff like that. This woman, completely dressed in a witch's costume, directly peeks out from behind the station at me. And when she comes out from behind the wall, she wasn't looking for where I was in this big, huge warehouse. She came out from behind the wall with her eyes already fixed right on my eyes. And when she looked at me, she was like looking at me, sending me daggers through her eyes. And I just kind of smiled at her. And I, just thought, and I said in my spirit, oh, really? Is that what you got to do? And I said, all right. I said, Lord, show her who's boss. Show her that you are the king of kings. Show her that the power that she serves is not going to win and that you died for her. We don't have to be afraid of this. And if we just walk in this and remember that and keep our armor on, it can be, we will be taking back the territory, not shrinking and hiding in a corner. 
Well, that's that is the good news to coin an old phrase here. But um, yes, yeah. But that, I mean, you had me chuckling because I could just actually visualize the stare down. You know, yeah. It, it just it's. But you, to me, you know, I have a reputation for not being intimidated, but it doesn't come from me, because mm-hmm. because I know the mission that we're on uh, collectively, many of us in the independent media. Yeah. It's, it's not just about saving the Republic. It's also about saving our faith. And that's first and foremost. Yes, and, that's yes, the and you've had an on. amazing story. Well, I've had a couple. But I have to tell you that, uh, you know, your time is your time. And the Lord will take you when it's time. And I've come to accept that. But I also know, too, that if I walk where I'm supposed to walk, and I believe as I'm supposed to believe, I know I'm taken care of. And I, I've seen that at every exactly. turn. Back in my younger days, when I was ignorant and stupid and hedonistic, I look back and I think, how many times did God bail me out? He bailed me out of so many things, yet I knew he had a plan for me. And it took me a while to discover it, but I think this is it. Yeah, and if I can just uh, give some more encouragement to your listeners, you know, if you haven't done so, go read Ephesians six twelve. Mm-hmm. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then uh, we also have the armor of God that he talks about. You know, think about that, pray about that. And if you don't have anyone in your area that can help encourage you in that area, please visit my website at MyrtleMinistries.com, and you're welcome to email me at hello at MyrtleMinistries.com. And um, I pray for people all the time and listeners. You know, there is, you know, I'm so glad they're getting to hear this part of, of your story, Dave, especially that last, uh, I told you in the pre-interview when we spoke on the phone that I had heard that broadcast you just did recently about uh, some of your family members and what you've known for a long time and weren't able to talk about. Um, you know, you have had some amazing things that you've known and witnessed in your life and there's so much more behind the scenes that we don't know god doesn't want us to be ignorant we don't have to see every blow by blow um i don't watch violent things so i'm not talking about something like that but we do need to be aware of how the enemy is working and and how the enemy is attempting to ensnare us all and like what you were talking about with predictive programming things in television all of the occult stuff that's on the children's programs it is absolutely unbelievable what's going on in this rise in Satanism in the United States. We have to wake up and we cannot sit idle. We have to get out out of couch potato mode and say, wow, okay, we're hearing the the trumpets being blown, the shofars being blasted and saying, hey, there's danger. We got to gather the troops and start praying. And, um, And praying is more than 30 seconds. Lord bless my family. Amen. Yeah, you know. I agree with you. It's a, it's time for all hands on deck, and I'm speaking spiritually yes. as well as physically. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about prepping because, you know, I represent Bob Griswold's company, ReadyMade Resources, by the way, ReadyMadeResources.com. For anything you want in prepping, it's Bob Griswold, ReadyMadeResources.com. Wanted to get that in. but when we And I use him this, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I use him too. He's wonderful. So I, I wholeheartedly, everybody, please give give him a call. But the thing that that, uh, that uh, we talk about here, that's physical preparation. So when we talk about, you know, night vision and water filtration and all this stuff, a lot of us forget, hey, you better have a Bible. 
You better make plans for how you're going to deal with your kids on a spiritual plane if things go to heck in a handbasket. And this is what right. a lot of people are failing to do in their preparation. And this is why I wanted to have you on the show. We're almost out of time, but you gave out your website, uh, Myrtle Ministries, and it's like Myrtle Beach, M-Y-R-T-L-E, MyrtleMinistries.com. Um, and you're writing a book. When do you expect to have that book out? I'm expecting it to be released in probably late spring. I'm about half done with it right now, and it still has to go through the editing mode. Um, so sometime in the spring, it will be out. I'm really looking forward to having that uh, having that release. And what is that book going to be called again? I'm not telling you yet. Okay. I'm checking okay. on a couple of things. Um, I, I have the title, but I'm, I have to double-check a couple of things before I can make it public and announce it. So I think I have the title. We'll see. <laughs> well, then people can just go back to your website in the spring, and they'll, they're going to be able to find yes. it. And when your book is done, yes. we're going to have to have you back on to talk about the book. Oh, that's so generous of you. I would love to do that. I think it'll have some things that are new for people. It's not just going to be the same old, same old thing that you've heard before. So um, I hope, hopefully it'll be encouraging. Absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure and delight to have you on. We've been speaking oh, with... Oh, thank you, Dave. Oh, we've been speaking with Sonda Allison at MyrtleMinistries.com. Please go to her website support her work it's absolutely fantastic like i said i was going to spend 10 minutes and an hour later i'm still reading and i'm thinking whoops i'm almost late for this next interview but it was so fascinating <laughs> and i really really enjoyed oh, our time you. together thank you so much for coming on oh it was a joy for me too i really appreciate it thank you for having me dave and this concludes our friday broadcast and i want to thank everyone for joining us and again, remember, readymaderesources.com, my good friend Bob Griswold, and MyrtleMinistries.com. Go there and arm up. Thanks so much, Sonda. All right. Thank you, Dave.